Hi, I'm Randy Heckman. Welcome to the Grand Awakening Podcast. Our heart here is to do all that we can to incline the heart of our sovereign Lord to pour out His Spirit and power, reviving His church here in West Michigan, in our state, and in our nation, leading to a great spiritual awakening, all for His glory. But first, it's critical that we listen to what God is saying to us and that we quickly and cheerfully respond to God's instructions in humble obedience. What a privilege to uh, have joining me today a, a good friend, Dean Vandermeer. Dean, uh, let me a little, give you a little background here, Dean. Uh, you serve as the executive director of Set Free Ministries. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. And uh, in your ministry, you meet individually and with uh, people that are typically in crisis, guiding them in the truth of Scripture. You also speak on behalf of your organization in a teaching ministry to share God's wisdom revealed through Freedom Ministry. I enjoy talking about your family. You're married to your wife, Sherry. You have six daughters, no sons, huh? But no now, sons. You, now you got sons-in-law. You got uh, four do. of them. I got sons now. And it you took got, a while. You got, some got grand, you got 15 grand. You got, did you get some grandsons in the mix there? In those 15? Four. Okay. Well, at least you're, you're starting to recover a little bit, huh? <laughs> Still pretty heavy on the women, but that's good. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, you say that you enjoy spending time with that family. I get that. Avid sportsman, loves to hunt and fish. Spend time at Deer Camp in the UP of Michigan. Yep. For those of you out of state, that's Upper Peninsula. It is part go. of Michigan, believe it or not, It's but it's way up there. But uh, let's start, at least talk a little about background. You actually ran a business called Action Packaging for 23 years, and then you switched careers and came to ministry. Tell us a little about how did that come about? Well, I was in business age 15. My dad had an idea. He worked for a packaging company. I ran with it. And uh, all of a sudden, I had a, a company at age 15. Couldn't even drive yet. I was employing uh, five or six people by the age of 16. Wow. And shoot, by the time I was in my 20, I was off and running. So um, it was it was a fun venture. We ended up with almost uh, 50 or 60 employees and 300,000 square foot of uh, warehouse space. Mm. And what God showed me through that whole thing is it is toward uh, the years, maybe uh, 18 through 23. He let me know uh, very certain that it wasn't about making money. It was about loving people. And the people all around me were, I was to consider my family. So the essence of the Christian life is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so God took me through a whole bunch of situations where he 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 taught me that as the leader of my company, I had to love those people around me well. And and my heart kind of took a turn uh, later on. And and I actually had a uh, a vice president come to me one day and he says, you know, he says, your heart's in ministry. I says, what do you mean? And he gave me a scenario of three phones ringing. And uh, the three phones that were ringing were my top customer, my top vendor, and a uh a gal that was a, a part-time gal working for us was going to commit suicide. Mm. What phone would I pick up? And I said, no question. I'm going to pick up the gal that's contemplating suicide. He says, but you're going to lose all your business. And I said, I don't care. He says, that's your heart. He says, your heart is no longer in business. Your heart is with people. And and then the meeting was done. And I'm like, what, what was that all about? And he says, I don't know. Talk, talk to God about it. <laughs> so, 
it wasn't too long after that that uh, that the Lord uh, showed me about the rich young ruler. And I, mm. I, I, if you ever make a deal with God, he'll, he's good on making deals. I said, Lord, if I'm the rich young ruler, I'll sell I'll sell everything I have and I'll and I'll and I'll give. And that took about two weeks to sell the company. So wow, that yeah, was an interesting bargain I made with God. Yeah. I, I told him I wasn't going to sell the company, put a for sale sign, but if he had a buyer to send that buyer and it, it took about two weeks. So at age 39, I knew it was God calling me into something different, a different career, a, a more of a ministry path. So I sold at age 39 and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a wild ride since then, but it's been good. It's, it's, a, it's, it's been wonderful. That's, Not that's... easy. No, it's never easy. So no, you, easy. you you formed yeah. a five hundred one c three and got a board and started raising money or using some of your own resources. I imagine for a while yeah. at least. And actually, uh, Set Free Ministries was already started. It started in nineteen ninety five. Oh no, kidding! I sold I sold in nineteen ninety nine, but I, I was on the original board. Ah, and I did a volunt a lot of volunteering for Set Free with uh, Dr. Jeff Stan was the founder. But as a board member, I did a lot of volunteering. And so the board actually in 2002 asked me to come on as interim director when Jeff took a call to a, a ministry. And, and I've been here since. So, okay. Um, All right. I, I'm not, I don't think I'm interim anymore. I think, I think I'm hired. So yeah. you <laughs> well, think you are. Okay. At I, least, I'm, I'm, I'm in at least so. for the next day or two. huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a good ride. Oh, that's, that's great. That's great. Well, Dean, apparently, I mean, you've already, shared pretty much what your heart is uh, when you gave that scenario of, uh, you know, those three choices there. Yeah. So just again, unpack a little bit more about what it is that, that set free does. What, what's your heart of your ministry, you know, for people, I, okay. you know, the, the name obviously makes it pretty clear, but, but spell it out just a little bit more. Yeah. The heart, the heart of the ministry is really the heart of God and the heart of Jesus. When he was here, remember, the mission statement of Jesus, he said it in his own words, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, John the Baptist, what was his, what was his heart cry? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He had the same message. So we, we just grab hold of what John the Baptist was doing and what Jesus was doing when he was here. And the heart cry is for the, for the lost sheep, Lord, you want us to repent. In other words, God is holy. We are not. And to come into God's presence, it will take repentance. It will also take an awakening, which is, uh, that's where the Holy Spirit actually, Jesus did not come to make bad boys good. He came to make dead men alive. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a huge, (laughs) there's a lot of people in religion that think if I'm a good boy, then, then I'll have favor with God. And that's, not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was saying, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. You must come to me. And most of the religious leaders in his day gnarled at that, and they were vicious about that. And actually, those are the ones that actually crucified him. So religion hates that truth about Jesus being the Messiah, and we must be born again. But after we're born again, there there needs to be an awakening. Not only are we born again by the Holy Spirit, but now our minds need renewing to walk in truth. Mm-hmm. So our, our hearts are now circumcised, but our minds still need a lot of renewing as to what is holy and what is true and, and learning who this, this heavenly father is and starting to walk in his ways. And that, 
that takes a lifetime. Sure, it's it does. Sure, it does. Sanctification. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. So, do you largely work with those who are already born again, but just enslaved by sin or whatever, or those would, who are not Christians? And you, I, w- I would say, at least in the USA, because yes. we have ministry locations all over the world. In the USA, I would say probably 90% of the people that come to Set Free Ministries uh, would profess themselves to be Christian. You sure. Nin- probably 90%. Okay. I have a, a few atheists have come here. And we've had great discussions, and uh, and 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 I've had the privilege of uh, I led an atheist young man to the Lord uh, three weeks ago. Um, so sometimes there are atheists, and and when I start to explain, it doesn't matter if you're an atheist or not. Your your two and a half pounds of gray matter does not change reality. So I don't care what your belief system belief systems are. Let's just talk about who God is. And let's deal with that truth, mm. and um, and that kind of puts them uh, at a place of oh, um, my opinions don't matter that much. I says no, only only what matters. Not even my opinions matter. Let's talk about God's opinions, and let's see what He says. And so then, and then we get to open the truth, and I know the truth does the cutting. So, you know, you, in yeah. fact, you mentioned that, uh, Dean. And when I think of setting free, I think of the scripture where Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And when I speak, I often say, you know, lies have power just like truth has power, but lies have power to enslave me. Uh, you know, the Proverbs sixteen twenty five. it's also found in Proverbs fourteen twelve. there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And uh, so you help people discover the truth, which is often, isn't it counterintuitive, God's truth? It's not what we assume is going to be true. It's often the way up is down first. It's humility. It's repentance, right? But it's truth. Go ahead. Most people go with with this, (laughs) I call it the e-compass. And I have two compasses I I, I show people. One is broke and one is good. One, One works, one is broke. I said, so if I'm lost, which compass should I take into the woods? Well, oh, that's, the one that works. that's beautiful. Correct. So I, I, I said, okay, this is the e-compass. This is your emotions. They're not going to work. So the e-compass spins all the time. Sure. I'm mad. I'm angry. I'm hurt. This is what I'm going to do. What does the T-compass say? Well, it says to forgive my enemies and bless them. Well, I don't, I don't feel like doing that. Not at all. So we're not going to go on feelings and emotions. We're going to go on what is true because the T-compass will get us out of the woods. We'll, We'll get out of the darkness and into the light. So sometimes the truth is not what we feel like doing, but what we need to do and what God would have us do. Because it's the way that he wired the universe. It's the way things are. It's like gravity. Someone said truth is knowing where your neighbor's mailbox is when you back out of your driveway. I mean, it's just, it's what's there, right? Yeah. So one of the main things in the world today that ensnares people or causes them uh, to not be revived. We, I know your ministry is revival, but if, if, if there's, we have a real enemy, there's a real war, and that's the biblical worldview, is that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, and authorities, spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So they are active trying to get us to make bad decisions based on feelings, yes, not on truth. And if we go with our feelings, then we're going to, okay, so when I'm sinned against, I am most tempted to sin in response. 
Okay, so I'm sinned against. What, what's a, what's a God-given response for anger? Right? Is is when a God is anger is a God-given response for being sinned against. So sure. now I'm angry. What do I do with my anger? Mm-hmm. Well, it says in your anger, do not sin. Right. Or don't 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 let the sun go down on your anger, lest you give this devil a place of operation. Mm. That's written to saints in Ephesus. That's true. So, but on unwholesome words come out of your mouth, only that which builds up, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So Ephesians 4, I take Christians to a lot, and I said, tell me how angry are you on a scale of 1 to 10? I said, 5 or above, and they mostly often say 7. Mm-hmm. I said, you're in deep trouble. And they're going, whoa, I am? I go, yeah, you're in deep trouble because you're saying that the enemy has full rights to have a place of operation on you, and the Holy Spirit's going to be grieved. And Ephesians 4 says, let's get rid of all malice, all anger, all bitterness, That's right. all of it, yeah. and be kind and compassionate as Jesus has been with us. So Jesus is trying to get us to do it his way, empowered by the same Holy Spirit that he was anointed by. Mm. And I would say that the, the go-to verse for Set Free Ministries is Luke 4, verse 18 is what we hang our hat on. And I call it the mission of Jesus, because Jesus mentioned this verse once. In a, in a synagogue, and it was after 40 days and 40 nights of being absolutely tormented by the enemy, it mm-hmm. would appear mm-hmm. that the enemy for 40 days and 40 nights assaulted him and tried to get him to be distracted um, from the mission. But here's what he said, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, open the eyes of the blind, and to release the oppressed. Mm-hmm. And he says, thus is fulfilled in your hearing. At that point, the the crowd turned on him and tried to throw him off a cliff. That's true. Uh, So uh, oftentimes it's like, welcome to ministry. (laughs) You might might be hated for speaking truth. People might hate you, but Jesus didn't care. And the mission is still the same. The Lord, God the Father is looking for the brokenhearted, the oppressed, Mm. the blind, and he's looking for those who are held captive by the enemy. It's Adam and Eve in the garden. Sure. God went hunting for his kids. He loves them. He's looking for a confession from Adam. And Adam blames Eve and he blames God for it's the woman you made me. So instead of confessing and renouncing, he blames and he tries to do blame shifting. So God the Father is always wanting us to walk in this truth that will set us free. And I, I think you can see the whole gospel being played out right in Genesis 1, 2, and 3 with God the Father and Adam and Eve. So yeah. nothing has changed, but we have a real enemy that does, doesn't want us to know the rules of warfare or the engagement of, of dealing with the spiritual forces that are trying to trick us into doing it our own way. Mm-hmm. The, the Proverbs 14, 12, yes. every, man, yep. every man's way will seem right to him. That's right. Well, look at how that's working for us as a Not nation. Working. As a, it's not working at all, and it won't That's right. work. That's right. So as we turn our back on God, even as a nation, look what happens to us. Our nation falls apart. Uh, marriages right now, marriages last seven years right now, mm. on average. It's Isn't like, what? Sad. In the USA? Yeah. But 75% of us claim to be Christian. Mm-hmm. How is it that only 7% of marriages then last, or seven, they last for seven years? So mm-hmm. it's... It, so we can tell that as a nation, we have turned our backs on God. Yeah. And because of that, revival is, is, is being pushed off. And now uh, he who covers sin will not prosper. Mm-hmm. He who confesses and renounces will find mercy. We haven't, we turned our backs on God. It, it would appear like in the 1960s, we started turning our back on him. 
no more prayer in school. We, uh, we had the sexual revolution. We brought in abortion in 1970. We did all these heinous things that God says, do not do. We did as a nation, and now we encourage it. So then if you're going to sow to the wind, you're going to weep a, reap a whirlwind. Right. Uh, God, God says, I cannot, you know, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. What a man sows, that shall he reap. If he wants to sow to his flesh, he will reap destruction. It's, it's not a may. It's a guarantee there's going to be destruction. And I think as a nation, we're starting to see that we have turned our back on God and a lot of his principles. And therefore, there's going to be consequences for that. And here we have, as you pointed out, at least on paper, we've got a, a large number of people in America, at least over the last 20, 30, 40 years, that would claim to be Christian, followers of Christ. We're supposed to be salt, supposed to be light. Yes. But our culture is just gone, as you pointed out, with legal abortion. We produce more pornography and consume more than anyone else in any other country in the world. Yes. Same-sex marriage, yes. uh, gender confusion, and what what is what's what's with the church in America today, Dean? Okay, so I, I heard it put this way, and I loved it. I'm a simple guy, and I like simple illustrations. Mm-hmm. A ship will remain afloat on water in any seas as long as it's got air in this boat. You're good. Once you let water into the boat, you're done. Mm-hmm. The ship, will, the Titanic's going down. The unsinkable ship sunk when it let water inside. So the church is the church is no longer impacting the culture. The culture right. is impacting the church. Yes. And we've let this stuff in, and the ship is sinking. And, and all you have to do is look at England and Europe to see where it's headed. Right. Because the churches in England are closed. In right. fact, they've been sold mostly to Muslims, and they've been turned into mosques. Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. Yeah. So it's kind of like, okay, so then we have to deal with the reality that our culture is now impacting. The, we're, we're letting the culture in the church instead of the church remaining holy and set apart being salt and light. We've let this stuff come in, and it's now... It's now having a, a huge effect on, on the church. And sometimes it's, you can claim to be the church, and so did the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They claimed to know the Father, mm-hmm. but he says, you don't know my Father. Yeah. There's no, your love has gone cold. There's yeah. no love in you. You don't know my Father. So, yeah. Are you familiar with the uh, churches in Revelation 2 and 3 that Jesus spoke to? <laughs> I, I am, and that... Is there any yeah. one that particularly sticks out in your mind? Yes, ab- absolutely. It's Laodicea. Yeah, everyone has said, says the same thing. You, you cannot believe the number of people that have said that over the last three weeks to me, but go ahead. It is It is Laodicea. Yeah. You are neither hot nor cold. Because you are lukewarm, I, Jesus, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That is. That should be... That should be awe-inspiring words that causes fear to come upon a man. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And here's what we don't have in this nation. We have lost wisdom. Wisdom is fear of the Lord. And we have lost that in this this generation. And so hot and cold mixed together creates lukewarm. It's worthless. Either be hot or cold, either be one or the other. Right. if you think you can blend the world by claiming Christ one day a week and living like hell six days a week, 
I will not stand for it, and I will vomit that church out. And here's what I see happening. God is exposing those churches and those men who have tried to do it. Mm. They're being exposed. Judgment begins with the house of God. That's true. And if you think of the top names in Christianity in the last 24 months that have been exposed mm-hmm. for sexual yeah, immorality and for loving the world, there's a whole, I don't even have to name them, but these are the these are the top names of the Christian leaders of the USA and the world have been exposed for who they truly are. And they're, and they're, and they're being exposed like King David was exposed. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Jesus, they're exposed because they might be able to do a King David response, which is repent right. instead of a King, a, a King Saul response, which was cover and try to make it look good. So I, I pray that these men actually have a King David response. Yep. Well, let me add. A, let me inject yeah. just a, a tad of hope in this whole thing. I mean, one would be a, like the death of a Billy Graham, who you know, again, he he, he stands above this. And, yes. But he had on on multiple walls in his home. I don't know if you knew this. He had that scripture from Galatians, uh, where it says, "May I never boast, save in the cross of Christ Jesus, my Lord, by which I am crucified to the world and the world to me." I mean, if anyone had an opportunity to say, hey, I, I've, I've got it. I speak to presidents. So, I speak to so, millions of people. Yes. But he stayed home. But the other piece of hope I want to just give to you real quick is in that message to Laodicea. What does he say? Those whom I love, I discipline and rebuke. And then he goes yeah. on to say, I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. I want to in. come in. I want not to yell at you. Yeah, let me in. I want to love you and eat with you. Will you let me in? And Let's I think he says that. that doesn't he want to do? Doesn't he want to do that to the church in America, Dean? He he does. He does. Let's talk about this. He's asking for a permission to the door of the heart. Yes, yes. And here's yeah. what religion is. Religion is trying to appease an angry God with my good works, mm. based on my information about God. I'm going to be a good boy, and God will love me. Uh-uh. It's only by the blood of the lamb and by the blood of the lamb alone. It's all grace. All grace. It's all grace. All grace. So religion is thinking I bring something to the table and I don't. And so we and I and I love it that Jesus is standing at the door of the heart because we think that by possessing information about God, we have it. Mm. And that is simply not true. It's a heart circumcision done by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. So religion is never going to get us there. It, it won't. That's right. And so, yeah. And so That's we do really it in good. our, yeah. we, we can do it in our churches. Even Taliban does religion. That's they true. have religion of that's what true. they think God is, wants and what, and that's why they sometimes beat women and tell them to, you know, mm-hmm. shave their face. And, but that's all, those are all things that they think God wants. Yeah. And, and so they become oftentimes abusers thinking they're doing it for a holy God, but they, yeah, so there's there's a lot of work to do here, but I, I love that I love Jesus. I stand at the door and I knock. I, I want to come in and I want fellowship. That's it. That's, that's all. That's, that's all it. He, wants. he loves us. Yes, but he's also holy and just, and I mean that's just who God is. Yeah. So let's say Go that ahead. you could speak to every pastor in America right now, mm. one on even one on one. What would you want to tell to every American church leader? Ezekiel thirty four. You have not bound up the wounded. You have not searched for the lost. You have not brought back the strays. Mm. And so God says, I am going to do it. I will do it. That's the heart of Abba. That's a shepherd. That's a good shepherd. 
let's start caring for the hearts of our sheep who are lost. They're beat up. They're, they're crying out. They're captive. Mm. And the enemy has held them captive. There's another thing I'd, I'd love to get, get trained in spiritual warfare. Mm. They don't train this in seminaries. They do not train pastors. There's very few that we've met over the course of 25 years that have ever been trained. And that's really what our battle's not against flesh and blood, but against principality and power. So here's what's happened. We have been lied to by the father of lies. We have been, we have been told you can have your cake and eat it too. Mm. We have been told that you can do church of Laodicea. It's not true. Yeah. He, he recover sin is not going to prosper. So what we've done is we've allowed sexual immorality to come into our churches. We've allowed ourselves to be angry and bitter and think we can do it with impunity. It's not true. Yeah. They, they say right now, currently, right now, 67% of the men in our churches are porn addicts, viewing porn at least once a month. 50% of the pastors, 80% of those who are 12 to 24 year, years old are porn addicts. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesus has something to say about that, and it's not, it's not good. Jesus said it's better a man gouge his eye out and cut his hand off than lust after another woman. That's right. Proverbs 5 says, the lips of an adulteress drip honey, her feet lead to the grave. No man who touches her will go unpunished, her feet lead to hell. You will lend your years to the cruel one. We are watching that happen. Mm. Mm. And so it's we need we need shepherds who love sheep, who care for the sheep, and who are bold enough to start preaching truth. And very few too, very few pastors will even deal with pornography in their church. I think it's seven percent of mm. pastors currently are dealing with that topic. Of the other 93% will not talk about it because they don't want to offend the people there. And so it's kind of like, hold it. We have to start talking about these real issues because the church is, is I, I think of Hebrews 12, one and two, mm -hmm. let us cut off the sin that so easily entangles us. Let's get rid of all these heavy, heavy weights that hinder us. Let us focus our eyes upon Jesus. That, that reminds me of the church today. She's burdened. She's heavy burdened with all these sins that have entangled her, and, and she's heavy. She's got a lot of weight, and, and through confession and renouncement, that can all be resolved in just a day. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love, uh, we use uh, Neil Anderson's Seven Steps to Freedom here, okay. and it's a one-day experience, and it's a beautiful thing, and, and really, it just takes your life, and it looks at certain areas where the enemy's got a foothold. And it helps you examine that in, in the context of the body. And then what we do is we just have a couple of men, if you're a guy, and we sit on with you, and then we confess and renounce these sins that have entangled us. And it's amazing what can happen when we do that, because James 5.16 says, if we confess our sins one to another, we get healed. That's and good. so we really need a healing yes, across America right that's now. So We're good. hurting. We are hurting. So, Dean, if someone wants to get in touch with you and uh, they want freedom What's the best way for them to make contact with your ministry? Phone number is a great way to start, 616-726-5400. Or you can go to setfreemen.org, and you can log into our website, and you can actually sign up for a freedom appointment right there on page one. If you want to be free, uh, you can do it. We're doing Zoom ministry now all over the world, so it doesn't matter where you live. Oh, um, we'll, we'll see to it that... Uh, you can deal with this between you and God, and there and there's going to be uh, a team put put together for you of um, women with women and men with men, and you're going to have at least two people uh, in the room helping you or on Zoom 
helping you work through your stuff and you're going to get free because God says, if we confess our sins one to another, there's healing. And if we confess our sins to God, we are forgiven. So that's really, that's revival is uh, getting rid of it. Yes. Amen. And speaking of revival, I mean, you probably know the history of the awakenings that we've had in America and how much we desperately need to turn back to God. Are you optimistic, pessimistic, or wait-and-see attitude about whether we're going to see God move in power in our nation in the near future? I, I pray it happens, and what we do know is God always has his remnant who are red-hot and on fire, and they will not shrink back. I love it. Okay? And, and oftentimes that comes when there's oppression or when there's suppression of truth. Oftentimes that's when the church rises up. So I'm looking, I'm looking for some revival coming here because the church is getting suppressed and we're being pushed down all over the world and even in the USA some now with some of the edicts that have come down and True. saying that the church can't uh, meet and and it's kind of like mm, we're going to have to obey God rather than man on that one. Yeah. And I think God is raising up the Esthers and the Daniels, but it's in time of crisis that the Esthers and the Daniels and the uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's, and the Joshua and Caleb's, that's when they rise. That's when God, when there's a crisis, is where God raises those men and women up, and they become amazingly bold in their faith. And that's what I'm praying for, is that God would do that. And it's usually with a a motley crew. If you look at who God used in in the past. Isn't that true? um, everyone, Everyone is qualified for this. You don't have to have a big degree. I don't have any degrees. And God has somehow chosen me to lead a worldwide ministry. So you don't have to have big PhDs, um, although that's okay if that opens doors for you. But God uses the common, ordinary men, and and that's and he proved that when he picked his disciples. And even the women that he had around him and surrounded him were, were women that were oppressed and, and set free, and they became lifelong disciples. So well, I just go back to, I go back so to the days of Jesus. And let's simplify this. Let's yeah. make it. Yeah. Let's get it simple. That's good. And so, yeah, the, I'm I'm looking forward to doing some of those things. Acts two forty two are four things the early church did well. They were dedicated to God's word, to prayer, to fellowship, and breaking bread. That's Let's really do good. that. Amen. Let's do those four things really well. I love and it. And we'll come we'll come back to life. We will. Well, Dean, I'm so proud of you as your brother, and so thankful for. You obeyed God, leaving the business you did and and, uh, touching lives, as you say, around the world, one at a time. And uh, thank you for spending this time. Would you close us in with a word of prayer? And and even in that area of revival and and, uh, getting the remnant on fire and seeing God move in power. Go ahead. Close us in prayer, please. So, so Lord, you know every listener listening right now. And you know there's heavy burdens that they're carrying, and Lord, there's sin that so easily entangled them. Lord, would you, would you bring to them uh, the courage and the faith to reach out and do what you've told us to do, to have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, and Lord, and confess our sins one to another. Lord, I, I pray for the listener right now that's, that's listening, Lord, to call and um, make that move. And Lord, uh, that would be the first step of obedience. And Lord, you you will see that through, Lord. You love people who hear the word and do the word. Those are the people that's houses get put on the rock. And so, Lord, we want our houses put on firm foundation. And so, Lord, give us the same grace and mercy that you gave King David, 
after he had an adulterous affair. He was a porn addict. He murdered a, a, a faithful husband. But Lord, you forgave him. Mm-hmm. You washed him white mm-hmm. as snow. And then it says that uh, he would teach sinners in your ways, verse 13 of Psalm 51. So Lord, may we all have that opportunity to to have a Nathan in our life and then go through a, a King David experience where we confess our sins and you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that's our prayer, Lord. Revive us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Oh, Dean, thanks so much for joining us. It's been great. God bless you richly. More, more than happy. Thanks for the invite.